Hello and welcome to Savoir Faire, a Disco Elysium podcast. My name is Josh Calixto. I am a Kotaku writer and I've written for a bunch of other publications. I am joined by Kyle Cookstell and also Reed McCarter. Um, they are both fellow writers. Kyle is a video game developer now, uh, and Reed is uh, another fellow writer of mine, a freelancer who uh, is near and dear to my heart. Uh, hey guys, how's it going? Uh, I'm really touched now, Josh. <laughs> near and dear. I didn't make the near and dear list, but um, I think it's worth us saying though. What what are we doing here? So we had this idea for a podcast that covers a, you know specific games uh in a very close you know you know how people do close reads they have book clubs um they do like close interpretations of books and media um we wanted to do that for video games and the first one that came into our head to do was disco elysium because this game is just filled to bursting with literary details um there's a lot going on here, a lot to pick apart, a lot to discuss, a lot of things that are going to change and be different um, depending on who's playing the game uh, in, in a very like literal sense, right? Like the paths that you get all depend on the decisions that you make, the things that you do with your character. So uh, we're going to be talking about Disco Elysium, uh, some of the plot stuff, uh, but mostly we're going to be talking about the themes, what we're really digging about the game, um, not from necessarily a qualitative standpoint, but from a you know, interpretive standpoint, we're, we're trying to pick this thing apart and see what's going on inside. So first things first, I guess we need to talk about the frame rate. <laughs> oh, I was going to start with graphics and sound effects, but we can start with the, the frame rate if you want. Yeah, well, and Bit. we'll lead up to story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Touch on all the narrative beats. Um, how far? So I think we should say how far we're at in the game. I think, I mean, one of our intentions with this podcast is to I think like we're kind of hosting the episodes on disco. We might have some guests. Uh, we also want to do kind of new games in the future, but for now this is a disco Elysium podcast, but we're also not everyone's finished the game yet. We're all kind of at different parts. So we want to basically use the podcast as kind of a framework as some of us are exploring the game and talking about like what we're encountering. Um, like me personally, I'm a little over five days into the game. I've heard talk from other people who've beat it, that the game is about seven or eight days long. So I'm kind of like a little bit past the midway point. Uh, what about you guys? Really quickly before we go any further, spoiler. Alert. Yeah. Oh Obviously, yeah, there'll be some spoilers. <laughs> there's gonna be spoilers. Like, Sorry. Just straight up. Um, because there's probably gonna be spoilers for me as a person who beat the game because I will not have seen a lot of the stuff that we're talking about here. So you know maybe if you miss some of those threads, you I think part of this podcast will be kind of discovering. Holy shit, they have these things in this game. Um, I started like a second playthrough and I'm already seeing a bunch of stuff that I had never seen in the first playthrough and would have never encountered stuff that I thought was close ended that just didn't go anywhere that I just simply hadn't seen pop up in the game. Um, and I think that's what's one of the really cool things about this game is the fact that, you know, when you see those checks pop up on your screen where it says like perception 27 past, you know what I'm you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, those things are constantly occurring in the background of every dialogue. And you, if you notice, you don't see the ones that you fail because they just aren't showing up. It's only showing you the ones that you're passing on a moment to moment basis. So it's constantly running checks. The ones that you have to do physically, like where you click on the like do this check button, those are only some of the checks that are occurring in this game. Otherwise, it's testing like 
what are you perceiving in the world in the background in your subconscious based on your personality traits which is a fucking awesome touch to this game but it means that you end up like missing out on a lot of stuff that like you didn't you would never know that you missed out on because all that stuff is happening in the subconscious of your character and stuff that's not explicitly telling you in the game um i thought it i thought it showed some of the ones you failed yeah i feel like i've seen some failures but i think there's like secret checks that you only see if you pass so there's some there's some sort of like gradient between showing you like stuff you pass definitely and then stuff you fail sometimes i think Um, there's like a vast a vast majority of the ones that you that are shown to you like there's a there's so many that are like underneath the water you know that like iceberg how most of it's under the water i think like that's how most of the um the check stuff is in this game because i would get all types of um intelligence or like logic things that would pop up in our our, um, encyclopedia checks that i would get in my second playthrough that never Mm. i never even knew were happening in the first one i think all this becomes a lot clearer once you start a second playthrough and you're with totally different specs and you're just like holy shit this game is totally different um but also kind of the same in a lot of ways which i think is really neat where it's like you can be a completely different character have a completely different disposition in this world but it the the, a lot of the plot beats are similar it's just the way that like the world perceives you and that you sort of have a space in this world you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think it'll set the frame a little bit if people are tuning in because you know it's some other stuff like bullet points or bad end um you might not know what disco elysium is but the general premise of the game is that you're a cop who arrives in kind of this small uh, town and there's a murder. There's um, someone's hanging from a tree and you're kind of tasked with you and your partner to figure out like what happened. Um, and like Josh is kind of a, not only alluding to this, but kind of saying how this happens before where inside the game, you're there's not really like you can't think of it. Like the only like real system in this game in terms of like gameplay is just like talking to people kind of vigorously. And there's like some light exploration stuff, but for the most part, it's a lot of like talking to people and figuring stuff out. So the way you choose to um like approach solving this murder depends a lot on who you talk to and what your skills are, and that will kind of guide you. Like Josh was saying, there is kind of there's like a little bit of like the the smallest bit of like railroading for figuring out like how to make tangible progress forward in the main plot. But like, it's, it's so loose where I just finished day five and on day four, I like got some tutorial stuff. Like it's, I just like, you can totally just veer completely off. Um, I, I don't, you might be able to even solve the murder by like not actually doing some stuff, but um, yeah. So the, the, so my where I'm at in the murder right now is that um, are we just going to spoil it, I guess, to say kind of yeah, what we yeah, know? It, yeah, okay, just okay. spoil it. It's a deep play. So the, the general premise of where I'm at in the game is that I've discovered, well, I guess so at one point I had discovered essentially that the um, kind of like the muscle of the local union to the town of Revishol, which is like the main place it takes place in, um, is the the muscle of the union that works there that's currently on strike uh decided to kill or like hang this guy who 
um, was basically brought in by an external company who represented the company whose goods the union was supposed to be in charge of, charge of moving. So basically this company comes in, brings their muscle, and these kind of like union muscle guys are like, fuck you, like you're in our town. You also might have like raped someone that's one of our friends who was like kind of maybe like a girlfriend of one of like these muscle guys, uh, like one of like the girlfriend, maybe the leader of the muscle called the Hardy Boys. Um, so like one of this, this guy comes in from an external company, um, ends up like kind of like at He's least like Titus, having, right? Yeah, Titus. Yeah. So we keep saying names. Yeah. So basically finds out that um, she might have like, or she, I mean, she admits to it that she was having like sexual relations of some sort um, with uh, this guy. And so, Clossier. Yeah, Clossier, uh, Mm -hmm. K L A S S J E. And so the Titus and the rest of the Hardy Boys decide to kill him. Um, So that's kind of like where I honestly found that out. Like, I'll, I'll pause there before I say what else I know, but like I found that out pretty quickly. Like that happened mm-hmm. around like, I want to say like midday too. I kind of had that piece together. Did you guys have a similar experience of like how that happened? So for me, I, um, when the Hardy boys were hanging out, H A R D I E, by the way, yeah. I think that's good to know. Not a TM. Um, yeah. I, I decided, you know, I'm not going to talk to these guys. I'm going to make sure that I have, you know, a lot of other information because they were kind of giving you hints like you want to pin these guys down. You want to like have as much information as possible before you confront them, blah, blah, blah. Um, or I think that might be the second time that you confront them. I'm not sure what one of those. I, th- things. I think it might be both times. Yeah, th- I was very careful. So I just made sure that I did as many of the other side quote side missions. One thing about this game, nothing is really a side mission. Everything is important which is nuts because there's yeah. really, there's some shit that you do that feels super inconsequential, but ends up coming, you know, all the chickens come home to roost. They all, it all ends up coming back to you in the end. Um, and um, so, yeah, that's, that's what I ended up doing where every time I kind of talked to the Hardy boys and had some big conversation with them, I made sure that I was like doing everything else that I could until I started getting like until I felt like I was, you know, getting further and then I would go do that. Actually, funny little thing that I spoiled for Reed, um, because there are no real tutorial things in this game. Yeah. There's not really any tutorial stuff. I just uh, informed Reed that you can heal in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, clicking the charges. Yeah. 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 I I thought they were just automatically used. And so I had like nine plus on each one. And I thought, well, well, because I was going, I was going, where is all this healing? Where are all these healing yeah, yeah. items going? Because it wasn't yeah. anywhere in my inventory. And yeah. then I was like, I looked at the thing and I saw those charges and I was like, oh, and I clicked it and it, it worked. So I was like, yeah, game so, changer. So Kyle, what's like the, because the thing is you learn pretty soon. I think the game does a good, it's, I think it's paced very well. Like yeah. you, it doesn't string you along with, well, who could, who could have done this, this horrible thing? It like pretty quickly says, well, this is who this guy's affiliated with. It's probably someone from the union who killed him, but we can't say who exactly because they sort of like close ranks. And they yeah, say, it's kind of, it's, don't they admit pretty early on too and say like, yeah, we did it. Yeah. He like boasts but, up Titus is like, fuck yeah, we killed that dude. Like fuck him. He's like a, 
he didn't say scab, but I don't know. He had some word for him, but like, yeah, it's pretty, pretty quickly. He's just like, he was yeah. a mercenary. Yeah. That's kind of, I mean, that's what's really interesting about like the first part of this game. Um, like, I mean, Josh made a mention of kind of the mainline story stuff and the only big, like time sensitive day thing that I've seen so far is that literally the other half of like the world, so to speak, opens up at the start of day three. But like before that, like you kind of figure that out. And I think the game contains itself because once you kind of know that that's kind of like what's happening, I think it frees you up to like more um, like liberally explore the area where you are. It's, it's really quickly once you kind of know that and kind of have that in your back pocket to start exploring and just talking to people because you're like, well, fuck, like I can't go to bed until 21. Shout outs to uh, <laughs> military 24 time. hour clock, 24 hour clock. Can't go to bed until 21. Um, so, but you're like, but I know this stuff about the union. I've like kind of exhausted my conversation options with these people before I can like level up. So I might as well just go talk to people. And so to the point about pacing, I think it's, it's really cool where it feels like it kind of like throws on the detective stuff like really thick, really quick, but then like totally backs off. And it's just like, go fucking explore, like go have a good time um talk to people and like just figure out what you want to figure out um go ahead, one thing yeah. i want to say is that this might be one of the best paced games i've ever played oh yeah which is nuts so because much. it doesn't have um action in it really and the reason why i i say that is because every i think what happens is in a lot of games there's a lot of fodder a lot of shit that you do that doesn't mean much and in mm-hmm. and, and like the deep purest sense of the word, right? Like I just played Outer Worlds and I'm doing side quests and none of them mean shit. I'm like, it feels like I'm wasting time just like kind of turning off my brain for a little shooting some aliens, grinding, whatever. You do that so much in every single video game that it kind of washes over you and you don't, most of it is meaningless. The the main plot line, it's like you, you do all these side quests and then you do the main plot quest. But if you were just to run the main plot quest from A to Z, you, you, you'd have like a three hour game or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So all this other stuff is just additional crap. And that's why pacing in games feels weird sometimes because you, you end up going off and doing all kinds of other stuff that doesn't really mean much. The Witcher, I think one of the reasons why people thought that was like a great, great game is because the pacing is, you know, there's more meaning in even the side quests where it's like you're doing side stuff, but each one is like its own little serialized story in and of itself that works pretty well and is like feels like it's worth your time. So even when you're not doing mainline shit to advance the plot, you still feel like something good is happening. Um, but even in The Witcher, there's the whole like you're doing combat, you're go- running from point A to B, you're gearing up you're doing all this other bullshit that you're not really there you you don't really think about but that's not really what you're there for um and the thing about disco elysium is that every single thing you do is that and i think one of the reasons why the first couple days feel like you're not you're not your brain isn't clicking with the pacing the first couple days is because you're not realizing that every single morsel that the game gives you is valuable and good and great because it's all extremely well written it's literary it's dripping with like themes and ideas and this like really flowery complex uh incredible prose 
and it's just so well done that it feels like you're extracting value from every single thing in this game and I feel like that stuff all pays off at the end because it does tie together. I think it sticks the landing. I think this might be up for debate. Um, and we'll, we'll get there probably next episode. But when it all comes together at the end, I feel like it it brings all those threads together in a really satisfying way that like gives them all like a great payoff. And I think that's why the pacing of this game feels so fucking good because you cannot waste time. Really, the only thing that is like not you specifically quote doing something is when you're running from point a to point b which i think is probably one of the biggest the one of the only real flaws with this game is like when Mm -hmm. you're running from point a to point b but even then you're absorbing this like really beautiful art and the world just feels nice to kind of move through and you can interpret it in different ways uh with all the flavor and stuff that's that's there with the whole orb system but yeah i think the pacing of this game is just on a just something we haven't really seen in games (laughs) before well it's like so many i don't know it's it's like this game for the first while which it's sort of a low bar to clear the idea that a whole work should be cohesive should be like if you're creating something that it should all be to further a point or to express something uh that's like directed rather than just sort of like filling stuff, like stuffing straw into something. Um, and like so many open world games and especially RPGs, you start playing this and you think, well, here's a lot of information. Here's a lot of stuff. And you get something like, I don't know, investigate this uh, game studio that you like, uh, or investigate this, this curse that a bookshop owner thinks that she has, <laughs> which like, spirals off into this whole thing where you're investigating this like was it the doomed commercial area yeah the doomed the dca Um, and it just like (laughs) keeps like you just keep going into like shut down shop after shut down shop and like picking through it and you start to think at a certain point you're like oh this is like i don't know fallout where you go into some tunnel and you're like okay i'm gonna be doing this for a while and i'm gonna find a little mini story that is like hopefully of okay quality and then leave and maybe i'll get some experience points but this stuff is like oh no i'm understanding things that are crucial to what's going on in this world like the way people think the history the technology the which i don't know like i feel when i (laughs) when i like commend that stuff i halfway feel like oh well that's so fucking basic like that's that's what a game should do i think is you shouldn't be playing a game for two hours doing something on the side and think, well, I didn't need to do that. That didn't really give me anything. I think it's like a side effect of game design where everything is so siloed to the point where it almost feels like um, they have like, let's say fallout. You have these different tunnels and then they're like, all right, we need something that happened here. Guys, uh, cre- create a little story for what happened in this space. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. have one team devoted to one thing, or they'll have writers come up with like five different environmental stories that they want to tell for like Tunnel A, Tunnel B, uh, Overworld A, you know, whatever, Abandoned Shack C. Um, and they just like do all that stuff. They have people write like five notes and then they have them laying around. It's like, oh, this person got into an argument and they both killed each other in this house. <gasps> Oh that's my like, god! Like, 
like the best way to describe like how like deeply complex Disco Elysium is is like imagine that you're like playing a game like Skyrim or something like this and like you go into a cave and you like kill a bear and then every single person in Skyrim knows you killed that bear and has an opinion on it. That's like how Disco Elysium operates where like this whole like doomed commercial area thing is like it starts off as like a flippant joke. But once you as your character knows about it, it can become a topic of conversation for other characters who seem unrelated to it. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's like the other crazy thing is like I think there's so often in games you have this notion of like dialogue is so often transactional or it's like even when it's not transactional, like something like maybe Dark Souls is like a good example of non-transactional dialogue. Like you can talk to people, but eventually you exhaust their options. It's like you ask them three things and they say the same thing on repeat. Like I've had conversations with people in Disco Elysium for like 15 minutes. Yeah, where you're just yeah. like exploring and exploring. And it's like, how this it just how deep does this hole go? And it's like, it'll be the thing where it's like you forget how like deep and sub menus of dialogue are, and you'll like start with a thing and you'll talk to somebody for like five minutes, and then you'll be like, Okay, that's it, and it'll pop you back out on level and be like, Oh shit. I have four more things to talk to this person about that all probably have the same complexity, if not more of the thing I just did. And like, as a, and like, as a game, it's like, do you want to do that? You probably should. Cause that's what the game is about. But it's crazy that like every single person has that. And not only that, but like, as you're learning more stuff that like complexity tree just grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. It's like, you can talk to the cafeteria manager whirling in rags the first day and get kind of far. But then every day that person has like, day one's worth of conversation uh, once over again to talk about other stuff that you found out about. And it's, it's fucking staggering to like, just like, and, and, and knowing too, like what Josh was saying at the start of the podcast that like, I'm also only seeing a subsection of the dialogue, like based on what skills that I have that are allowing me to see certain parts. Like I, I, I can straight up see trees of dialogue that I've like closed off for myself because like I fucked up a skill check or like, I'm not able to do them yet and probably won't be able to ever do it in terms of like playtime of the game. Um, and just like knowing that that same complexity is extended to every single character is like, it's fucking crazy. It totally is. Another thing is that like when you're talking about the, how the dialogue isn't strictly transactional is where you'll, you'll be able to talk about events or things that you're doing in the world with characters who have nothing to do with that quest line. You'll be like the abandoned commercial district or, or, whatever that whatever you're calling yeah, it yeah. um it you can talk about that with so many characters who have nothing to really do with it because it covers such a wide range of space so like you'll be like hey you know anything about this uh, abandoned commercial space so like oh is that like is that really a thing like i've heard it was a curse but i, I mean I, I don't think anything and then they'll like they'll just talk they'll shoot the shit with you about this this thing for like <laughs> again five minutes but they don't even have anything to do with that quest line but by the time you're done it's like you've learned more about this thing and what the other people in this world think of it which is just such a rich way of dealing with world design and stuff i want to shift gears here a little bit to talk about quest lines um what has been your favorite thing i wanted to to float this one out there because i don't i feel like it's something that comes a little bit in the mid later section slash later sections of the game, but maybe you've dealt with it is the, um, the, the church. Did you, do you guys mm-hmm. do the church yet? I've done. I think I've, Kyle? uh, I've kind of, I feel like I haven't like resolved what's going on. I haven't like done the stuff in the church yet, but I've like been there. I've talked to the woman. I talked to the spider guy, um, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I basically, that was on day 
I think that was day three for me. I spent most of my time over in like the waterfront. Yeah. Um, and then basically had like a ton of things to go do back in uh, Martinez, Martinez. Mm-hmm. And then so day, day four I spent in Martinez and now day five I'm about to plan to go back there and do some of that stuff. So probably Have you met the ravers. Yeah, yeah, I met the ravers. Um, I met the woman in there trying to like listen to sounds. Uh, and that's I tried to like look up at the ceiling. That's yeah. the one. That's the that's the line that is my favorite in the game. Yeah. So so far for me, that's that's the one that came to mind too. Mm-hmm. Partially because I think I just finished one of the big things you can do with it. I did, uh, I felt I was pissed though. Like I had like there's this other moments in this game where you you like fail skill checks that can't be retried and like those single moments make you want to replay the whole fucking game. Yeah. So like in, in the church there's, I don't know if you guys passed this one, but there's a perception check where you can stand up and look into the rafters and it's like, um, it's like, she's, she's, uh, when it like describes the architecture. No, no, no. Like you can stand in the middle of the circle of like the bowls of water that she's trying to like listen to this church for. And okay. you can like, if you stand there long enough and it's one of it's, uh, this fucking game, like it'll hide skill checks from you until you go down certain dialogue routes. And this dialogue opens up. That's basically look really far into the darkness above you. And it's like a high level perception check. And it's a red oh, check. Oh yeah. 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 I, I failed that one too. Yeah. And I, I failed that. And I was like, fuck, like, that's like, I really wanted to pass that damn check. Um, I can't so, remember if I passed that one or not. Maybe you should go to see it out. Cause yeah, I mean, you can explain that quest line. Well, uh, I, I don't want to say I'd be curious to hear when you're done with it as well, Kyle, because I think if Josh is saying too, that it was his favorite, it's probably worth holding off trying to yeah, go through definitely to the end of it. Do, the, do your best to finish that quest line. Cause it's some real amazing. Kentucky route zero. It, the the game's getting some really stuff. like, that's Very the crazy Kentucky thing about this game zero. too is like, you're right. It starts like you're a detective in a in kind of like a industrially city, and then it kind of starts to go to these like definitely Kentucky Route Zero esque places, like learning about the pale, like learning about um, like though, I mean the whole premise of the church, right? I mean you can you can I actually Josh, if you want to just like explain the context of that quest and like what's what's like kind of the starting moment. So you go into this church, right? Um, basically, well, actually before that you meet these ravers who are like camped outside of a church and you're talking to them and they're like, we really want to make this nightclub, dude. Like we want to start a nightclub inside this abandoned church, but there's this weird guy that lives in there who like is like a crab man and he crawls on the walls <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck is this? I was like afraid to go into the church because of this. Cause I was like, what the hell's going to be waiting for me in there? You go in and then the, yeah, there's this dude who's like just chilling out in the rafters He's got this like Hispanic accent. He comes down. He's like, hey, what's up? What's up, fool? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> and he starts talking to you and he's just like, he's chill. He's just like, he's like a very religious guy. He's been spoken to by like the mother of silence, I believe he calls her or something like that. And he's like, yeah. he's like a recovering drug addict, isn't he? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Part of his thing too. And you find out that there's this little, this random ass little like three square foot zone in the center of the church where you go you stand there and it's complete silence you can't hear anything it's you'll there'll be loud footsteps and then all of a sudden you're in 
the middle of complete dead silence in this space and it's like that shit itself was just like what the fuck that shit pulled me in i was like i need to see what the hell this shit is so there's you know there's this woman in there she's a scientist she's doing research on this little zone and she's trying to figure out like what is this how why is this happening what is this anomaly what does it sound like is it some kind of transmission from another unexplained uh entity or planet or anything so she's doing research on that and she asks you to help her kind of figure out what's going on with this little dead zone in the middle of the um of the church and so that entire quest line revolves around that uh and you know you, you kind of think you know this is just it's gonna these kind of quest lines don't typically go anywhere interesting but holy shit the way that this thing is flushed out and how it ties into the world and how it ties into all the important things that are happening um that stuff is really what grabbed me the lore of like what this world is all about that's like that's the shit that's (laughs) that really made josh is sweating right now yeah no because like all the detective shit is cool and it's amazing but the way that it pulls in all these like kind of supernatural elements um at least for our world because the physics of the world of disco elysium and the way that the planet you know works is different than it is in real life it's got this magical realism thing going on and um that stuff those fantasy elements are just so well done i i haven't seen something like that since kentucky route zero and i think the fact that it's explained a little bit more in this game is it's like the payoff for me you know because in kentucky route zero i'm like what the fuck is going on here um but with this game it's like tying a lot of themes together it's tying a lot of stuff together and it's just making my brain run in circles in a way that i really like it's also like it's like truly magical realism where I feel like a lot of stuff says it's like magical realist because it's like it's a cool thing to be like it's a very compelling genre but like everyone interprets magical realism as like a two-headed deer walks across the street and the scene and you have like a a dream about it or like a high school where kids have fire coming out of their fingertips if they feel like it yeah 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 it's just like it's like it's like it's always stuff that feels really handmade, but this game like this game holds tone and like theme so well at any given moment that like every time it spices the dish up a little bit, you're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a tasty dish. It's a tasty dish you're giving me. Oh, that one's tasty too. Like and, it, and it's it's spaced out enough where it's like you'll spend twenty minutes talking to a fucking deadbeat and it's like super boring, and there's like this other little spice that kind of gives you this sort of like cutting view across all the stuff that josh is talking about and you're like oh fuck they like thought about this <laughs> like this is this is like a, this is a, a cohesive picture they're painting magical realism in this is interesting too especially like kyle saying when it's just kind of like here it's a, it's an everyday world but yeah here's the two-headed deer that you see and it makes you think about something this game has <laughs> i think like what the point is like sometimes like a lot of times i read magical realist stuff and i think well that's that's some of the best fiction that you can have like the truest in terms of like evoking complex ideas in ways that can be really emotionally moving too um like i don't know it's hackneyed i like murakami a lot um yeah and he'll have an image of something impossible that takes place in a very mundane world. And it ends up describing uh, a feeling, you know, maybe in a lot of his stuff, like alienation or just like feeling sort of like 
adrift in your own identity and place in society. And he does that really well with bizarre shit, like, you know, little weird creatures who are just sitting in your room one day. Um, in this game, I think the church is, I mean, I can't say it for sure because I'm not finished the entire game yet, but up until this point, it's felt like this really good microcosm of, especially with some of the stuff that Kyle hasn't gotten to yet, where like another game would say, uh, this scientist wants to study the effects of this sound, but there's also a guy living in the rafters who like wants peace and to reflect on this church space. And there's these ravers who want to turn it into a nightclub. It's like, who are you going to pick? Yeah. The other ones have to go away. And if your persuasion ability is high enough, <laughs> then like maybe they're both like, okay, we can be friends. This game has these different threads. And this is just with the church, like where they all kind of come together. And it's not like you are making decisions about things, but it's not a process of everything is black and white. One thing works, one doesn't play the game again and pick the other one if you want to see how it plays out. This game kind of shows how these different facets of how people understand the world. And this to me kind of seems like a lot of what Disco Elysium is about is different people see the world in different ways and sort of interpret the same ideas depending on their own psychology and their own mindset. And the church kind of says, here's this space that's interesting to three different groups of people for different reasons. And even more of them within those groups. Um, and you can bring them together in a way where it shows kind of like the harmony of all their different viewpoints coming together. And to me, that seems like a lot of what the game's about, like in terms of politics and economics, like stuff like the riverfront is not separate from the Doom commercial area. Like they still have opinions on it right. in both places because it's all connected, right? They're all the funny thing about what you're saying, Reed, is the is um the fact that what the silence is the thing that the people are connecting over is like, it's profound that like these three very different groups of people are connecting over one central thing that's happening in this space. But like the truth of what that thing is, is like it paints it in a whole different light, which is, which I think is also, um, it's a good kind of microcosm of what Disco Elysium is about as well in a, in a kind of like cynical way in that the game is kind of pessimistic. Um, I want to, as a side note, say that anytime you get the chance to learn about the pale, do that. Like you need yeah. to, you need <laughs> you to do that. read about the pale. You need to know what it is in the context of the game. Um, the other thing I want to say about the magical realism stuff is that it adds a sense um, of unpredictability to the game, right? Because you never know when mm. that shit's gonna pop up. When it's like you know what this game is capable of. You know that there are some supernatural things at play because the pale exists as part of the game's lore and you don't learn that much about it until a little bit later in the game. But it's not like they're hiding it from you. It's just a fact of how this game's world works. It's like... It's also like, it's such a thing too where it's like, it it mirrors like how you interact with someone. Like you're a new person in this world, right? Like, wouldn't it be weird if like you showed up somewhere totally drunk and disoriented and the first thing you did was like ask a local about their religion? It's like, 
probably not What's like you probably wouldn't can you do explain that to me the concept of outer space like you're telling me yeah it's like no one's I gonna do that enough i would just like explode or like freeze <laughs> outside of the atmosphere like what but that's like what the pale is it's just it's part of the the ecosystem it's part of how this world works uh it's very different from the way our world works it's not much is understood about it in a way that's like very evocative of outer space, but you see little traces of it everywhere. One of the first things that you can buy in the frit, the little um, like drugstore in, in the game is, uh, is a bottle of wine and it's pale aged wine. So if you like oh. read about it, it's like it's been aged in the pale, um, which gives it a different distinct flavor and tone. Go, go into that store, look at the bottles of wine. It's called fucking pale aged wine. And then you ask, you you can ask the girl in it. You're like, what's so special about this pale aged wine? She's like, it's aged in the pale. Like it's, that makes it better. I guess. Yeah. She doesn't care. Fuck off. I don't know. Buy the wine. (laughs) Yeah. I want to, Oh, so I'll say one more thing about the church really fast. Did you guys find out that the ravers are trying to build a drug lab in there? Yeah. Okay. Mm -mm. Yeah. No, that's a, that's the thing. So they're try- like the the rave lounge is like some cover for basically they're trying to run a drug operation, um, which is interesting. Oh, you didn't know okay, that? You read. We have to. No, I knew that. I had the thing. It was the suspicion that something's up. I don't. Yeah, I don't to ask get that more. to flex on you. I just ask that because it's interesting <laughs> that I ask that because it's interesting that you could go through without knowing that. But what happens if you do do you do figure that out? Is you can you just tell the scientist and she's like, well, I'm not letting them in. And then so you can negotiate with the hmm. ravers and be like, hey you can she, she's still okay with you coming in as long as you don't use it for drugs and they're like ah, okay fine and then it, the same thing happens but i think there is some sort of line where they don't come in you know where that doesn't happen oh that'd be a shame yeah i think they it, all need to come together it, in that space i think it like pushes it gives you multiple opportunities to let them all coexist in the same space but i think it can happen where you where that doesn't happen depending on what kind of character you are, you know. I'd forgotten about that by by the time. Now you know. I was actually going to say, what kind of characters have we all come up with? I think they might be somewhat similar. Empathy. But. Empathy. Um, yeah. Inland Empire was the main stuff that I went with for my first playthrough. I was play like, through. what is, the, what's that? That's like, I forget those things have names. I think it's like Psych. It's like the purple ones. Oh, I forget the categories. I think it's like physique, psych, intellect, and muscle. Physical. I don't remember. I think something physical. physical. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I was saying, I was like all purple. So a lot of empathy, Inland Empire, conceptualization. It's like suggestion, I think is in there. Yeah, suggestion. I just like, like I went like full on in that and then was like super, super weak um, otherwise. I also like that like some of the... Um, some of them are just like that you can level up or just bad. It's it like just bad character traits to have like, um, yeah. <laughs> electrochemistry. <laughs> it's just yeah. like you only put, if you want to go full electrochemistry run, you're just a crazy fucking like drug. I want to try that next. Driven. I want to try electrochemistry and like fucking physique and just be like a drunk maniac, like yeah. a drunk, yeah. like sex starved maniac. I didn't mean to, but like, after that opening, I I wanted 
I wanted this guy to turn his life around a little bit as much as possible. Me too. And I think so the I game, like steered him down the right path. I think it steers you in that direction for sure. in like the first playthrough of like what you want as a person, because oh, I sh- would start like selecting dialogue options. where I was like, if I was this guy, here's what I would want. Like, here's what I want. Yeah, see. yeah, yeah. You know, what kind of story do I want to look at here? Um, and I Wait, also I want to get the most got- out of the world. Sorry, Kyle. Go ahead. Did you guys? I have an important question. Did you find the phone booth and uh, dial random numbers? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Did you keep yeah. dialing random numbers? Yeah. So you. I only uh, did two. I think two different ones. Oh man. Oh man. I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want to spoil it. Reed, you go back to that phone booth. Yeah. I think I saved last, like right next to the phone that's, booth. That's well, dude. That's such a great fucking moment, man. <laughs> that's like this. Yeah. Yeah. Did you fuck. do? The, did you guys pass or fail the karaoke? Oh, I failed oh, it I, so hard. I passed. <laughs> you passed. So I passed. Hard. I failed it too. <laughs> what so what happened, Reed? So he sings a song. Yeah. And it's it's the voice of. Does he still sing if you fail? Yes. Yeah, but it's bad. It's like mm-hmm. poor singing. Oh, he crooned this song about the church. Uh, mm-hmm. No, he was kind of singing about it, it just like sort of abstract poetry about love. But he uh, it's like a Leonard Cohen esque thing where it's like the voice he hears, uh, which one with the really low voice. Is it the tape that and you find that is the song it's like that the you want to sing? Like the something of Saint Saint or something, right? Like that next to. Yes, I think that's right. Uh, yeah, th- he looked like a real jackass because I put all the high drama clothes on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's wearing like a mesh like cut off shirt and like <laughs> bicycle pants and but he like sways in front of the microphone and like the whole place the whole whirling and rags crowd like comes and kind of watches him oh wow uh, but the song's the not bad you know yeah it's a cool song it's it's not quite so, the uh what, june bug scene no, from but what is yeah really yeah so i wonder like if we want to wrap things up a bit and i mean we'll have a lot to talk about in the next I one feel, too. Especially, I feel like we have like, I hate the phrase "scratch the surface," but I feel like we're not even on the surface yet, or like our nails are like close. I to feel the like surface. We, for the next episode, so we were originally planning on having this thing be like kind of two halves, and we could still do that if we decide to do that. But for the next episode, I feel like we can just keep talking about different quest lines and things that you can do there's in this so game much. because yeah, um, there's different payoffs, there's different things going on, there's different moments that like are just really worth delving into. And I don't think we didn't even talk about like Kuno, Measurehead, oh, yeah. fucking all this crazy shit. We didn't even talk about. Yeah, we have so much to and talk maybe, about. <laughs> maybe it's worth breaking it a little bit more then too, because I've heard very mysterious, ominous things about the end being, uh, there being some kind of relatively big change in how things go. Yeah. So. I don't know. Maybe it this switches this works up. It as, switches uh, up uh, after a certain point that I think you guys are almost at right now. So maybe this kind of works as like establishing. We established some stuff. Yeah. Gave our opinions. We all hate this game. It's the worst. It's bullshit garbage. This yeah. is uh, probably no. I'll, I'll save it for the end. Okay. My overall opinions about this game, but I think it's it's definitely one of the most interesting things that's come out in quite a while. Well, yeah. We. Also, if you want to hear more about those types of things, you can uh, 
hang out with us in the other places where we exist, which, you know, we've got Bad End podcast going on. So you should check out the rest of Bad End. You should check out Bullet Points. Uh, There's actually an entire month of Bullet Points articles, one of which is going to be by me, which are all going to be covering Disco Elysium. So uh, if you want to look a little bit more into some of that stuff, definitely check out both Bad End, Bullet Points, all that good stuff. All right. We'll be back for more episodes, folks. So stay tuned. For now, we are Savoir Fair, a Disco Elysium podcast, and we will see you soon. Yeah.